Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 368. Linz is gone, but we didn't really even mention that until the end of the podcast, but I guess since Just we're... To, if you're wondering why there's a, like a, a little silence every now and then, <laughs> Lindsay would probably speak up at that time. Yeah, uh, but since we're recording this intro after the whole show, I guess we might as well throw that in there just so that they listeners know that that's why her voice isn't heard. <laughs> now, uh, we did a couple uh, book reviews. I reviewed Hashtag Danger, number one. Charles and me both tackled Excellence, number one. Excellence, number one, being a, a really, really fun book. And uh, we did the uh, the booze in the book, right? For Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We say Mother's Day... Actually, that's the first time we said it, because obviously this goes this before, before all the, the other thing, times. So, yeah. yeah, so we don't even know this how many other paradox. times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time travel. Uh. How fun it is. Uh, since Lens is not here, Charles agreed with me f- full-heartedly that uh, Game of Thrones oh Season 8 has yeah. been... Yeah. And uh, we did talk more of how the Avengers is still just killing it. And killing it. we... We did finally start talking about some repercussions from the movie. Uh, we still are feeling like we will never truly talk about everything that happened in the movie. There's been a lot of podcasts and everything that have already done that. We don't need to repeat the same things. Yeah. But there's too much coming out from that, especially going into the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, that you can't not talk about stuff that happened. The reason that I movie. want to talk about Endgame so much is because I have ideas about things and things to say that haven't, I haven't been read yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just want to get those ideas out there, and you know, like uh, with all the clickbait stuff out there, man, I just I get stuck. I, I click was... on stuff, and I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Why I do it? Why didn't I just skip to the end? The, the well, comments, that's well, right? yeah. The comments is the best place to sometimes. Well, you don't want to get things spoiled, but like, yeah, stop clicking on clickbait. There was a article about Avengers, and I'm like, I probably already know this. I'm just gonna see in the comments if there's anything relevant. Which is really good advice. If yes. you don't want to watch something, look at the comments to see if it's. Really not. Yeah, and there was a person that just started going on about, I really thought this movie sucked. The writing was all over the place. The costumes didn't really fit. There was an overabundance of CGI that just was disastrous. And that's what I think of Justice League. 10-10, see <laughs> Avengers Endgame. That was a person, I was like, I was getting so upset uh, yeah. reading this. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things of what we do on this show, we have to... We try to be spoiler-free for ourselves because we want to be surprised when we go to the movie. Thank God that was... I did that with the last Star Wars movie. I pretty much did it with Endgame. Hopefully going forward, uh, good users and comments that know more than I. But I'm going to pretty much see things opening day anyways. Yeah, and you know what? Let, let me just recommend that you don't let spoilers get to you because I did for Endgame and I regret it because of how amazing it was. And I was given some things that I shouldn't have been given. So that's why I don't want to spoil things for anybody. Yeah, so we're still going to be spoiler-free, but we talked about a couple things that happen that doesn't give nearly anything of the movie away. Yeah. But with that, uh, I guess you're just going to have to listen to what we had to say. So grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 368. Stop and Rewind.
So, Charles, do you remember what we did last week for the show? Uh, yeah, of course. Do you remember what we did maybe a couple weeks ago on the show? Of course, yeah. yeah I mean, definitely. You might not necessarily remember what we did years ago because you weren't really around, but, I mean, if you were a fan, you would not, you know, mess up an overall story like the fucking writers on Game of Thrones are oh doing. Oh, my God. This again. <laughs> Okay, all right. You know how hard it is to write a screenplay for a show or something like that? You know how, how, how hard it, it is to pick up for a book? That... No, that's that's the problem. The first five seasons were amazing because they had five books to pull off of. It's easy to... I can make an adaption to Star Wars. I can't make my own Star Wars. I would have ever thought of fucking labor... Uh, not labor. You laser swords. You know what you right now after it's done? Like, like after they stopped using the books for reference? You're watching fan fiction now. That's what you're watching. No, fan fiction is better than the bullshit that they are making. <laughs> they are hacks, and they should never write in Hollywood again. And proof of this whole scenario, this, this what would you call it? Like this, you know, this uh, fucked up this scenario. This abomination this, um, of a, a season. Nothing has been great. Besides the Starbucks how, thing is a proof of how just like Okay, technically I can't leave up. that to the writers. No, 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 but no, they are no. the, the writers' showrunners. They're in charge of everything that's going on. I just mean that everybody's half-assing it now. You can tell now. Very much so. Well, Maybe not the actors, but definitely. You know they had two years to make this season. Oh, no. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, plus I, I mean, I thought lot. your Game of Thrones lore would, would, <laughs> would tell you that. It takes a lot of they had time to make these episodes, right? To make these mistakes. Yeah, these huge mistakes. No, they had they had two full years to come up with a script because they didn't know what the fuck they are doing. HBO had said, why don't we do couple more seasons even or at least do 10 episodes they decided to do season seven and eight nope let's make them short because they didn't know how to write them they didn't know where they were going they didn't know how to write good dialogue for characters to weave in and out some subterfuge feud oh political intrigue i don't know it is (laughs) that word and they just don't know how to do that. And so they need to make it short and sweet as possible so they can get out of there and start getting some money from somewhere else for... You're, okay, well, I disagree sucker. with you on that one. I disagree. Yeah, but... Representing uh, Lindsay. No, uh, these, it's hard to fucking write shit. Okay, but you we'll can't go, just pull some shit out of your ass. Starbucks cup. Yeah. Starbucks cup. Starbucks cup. I didn't notice it the first run, but the internet was in an uproar over the Starbucks cup, and rightfully so. Who makes those mistakes? Now, granted, there have been mistakes in other movies. I know These in... mistakes come when only one person's left in charge of something, and no one checks their work. Well, there's a scene in Troy where there's actually a plane flying way overhead in, in one of the giant battles. No way. And you can clearly see it. Why they didn't digitally edit that out once it was known, who knows? Right. HBO has now gone back and digitally edited out the coffee cup, but that was a major scene... Yeah, you'll never see it again. A major scene that was going on, and no one noticed it like throughout the many it's edits sitting right there two years to like the kind cast? of make sure it's sitting right in front of that girl too the um who, who who's the danny girl? with the blonde right yeah the mother of dragons yes it's sitting right in front of her it's also her fault no it actually it wasn't her cup many people have been blaming her no 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 i would blame her because it's sitting right oh, in front of you yeah why you wouldn't notice that during a you're doing dialogue yeah and... everybody's responsible right yeah it's everybody's yeah. fuck up the person who left the cup there the her sitting there Anybody who turns and looks at her. (laughs) I still, I blame the writers more because they should be, not necessarily writers, but like I said, writers and showrunners. They are all in all encompassing multiple hats that they really shouldn't have. I want to see like the method acting 
that comes with like a Starbucks cup sitting there, and she's just totally into character. And she's like, "What's this craziness?" I'm gonna say Starbucks. last Starbucks. <laughs> last last week, uh, Linz was you know giving me shit for me giving the show shit and how bad the writing is. No, the internet now has just been like, no. Yeah, they're 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 over it. Over it, like I'm done with the show, or over it, over the thing. Over the, over the show. Uh, over the show. Like they're yes, done. they're now being like, maybe some I'm people out. are right. These uh, writers don't know how to write. One of the biggest things is John not saying goodbye to his beloved dog that he's had, like the whole show that you can clearly see they've CGI'd into scenes that had no interaction with a dog there to acknowledge that it's there. They had one scene where he looks over. And he tells one of his uh, men, Tormund, to bring Ghost uh, up north with him. Doesn't even go give the dog a, a hug goodbye or a good pat. Like, so many people, they're all like, we want to see John on the throne. He deserves it. Doesn't pet dog. Fuck John. He doesn't deserve to be king and the many memes that have come from that. I could go into a lot more, but Did I know Did he ever that... pet the dog before in the show? No, it, fucking he loved his dog. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to, you know... Cause... I don't. I know. mean, honestly, the real dog uh, that was playing it had passed away, so which part of the reasons why they didn't have a dog? Most, not all dogs look alike, but there are enough dogs in this world that you could find one that looked just like the dog that portrayed the other one to have some sort of interaction with. It's lazy. It's terrible. I hate this show now. You know, I'm thinking about this. If it took a Starbucks cup to change everybody's mind so easily about something so trivial and tiny, but well, to me, the Game of Thrones show is just—it's a show, you know. It's not that important. If if it's possible to change people's opinions, I'm just going to bring a Starbucks cup to like campaigns and stuff, trying to change everybody's political ideas. <laughs> if only a Starbucks cup could change good people, or you know, well, not so, not so well, bad I mean, people, but good people. <laughs> SNL's already started making fun of the whole situation. Yeah, we just watched it. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and uh, some people are estimating that uh, Starbucks pretty much got like. $2 billion in free advertising. When you look at the scope of yeah. that many people that tuned in HBO, probably a majority of them didn't notice it right away because there's so much going on in that scene, to tell you the truth. I didn't notice it, but once one per things go viral, everyone is now talking about that yeah. online. Yeah. And some it's, of the memes that have like come they, up... It's not like they get that kind of money or whatever, but the amount of money it would take to get that kind of exposure that they just got would be in the... How many? Yeah, two billions. Two billion ishness. And that's... I mean, we've shared on our Facebook page, like, Starbucks and <laughs> and some other, you know, memes going on with that. And it's just... It's one of those things that I just... I could go on and on about how you can't shoot a giant fucking crossbow like it's a heat-seeking missile multiple of them on a ship that's floating in the air at point-blank accuracy and hit a flying target three fucking times uh, not unless you've tried it before and you're an expert on that thing like he trained somebody trained on that thing on a boat in the ocean I mean that's where the thing is you can't put it anywhere else but you can't do it somebody blind shooting blind yeah they were behind okay it's a whole big scene where when you're on a dragon and you're in the air and you can see like 12 miles out, but you didn't see these fucking ships until you go around this corner, sure. But when you go around this corner, how come they just do, oh, bang, bang, bang. Like, they just knew where the target would be. It takes aim, it takes skill. And it's leading. You know how they did have giant fucking uh, scorpions back in the day, giant crossbows uh, that they could shoot things. The reason why they weren't as good is because the amount of force and tension on those strings 
didn't make them that great, that accurate, or that much of a distance. Trebuchets were great. Catapults were great. They threw giant fucking boulders, but to really make a projectile fly that far, that's why they had bows and arrows, but you can only make a bow and arrow so big and so strong. All right, I'm going off on a, a tangent that I don't need to because I think at the end of this show, I'm just going to look back uh, finally and after... We still have book five. That's where it left off, and that's where most people will say season five is where it ends. It's going to be that Constantine, the end when he's like going to heaven, and he turns and flips off the devil. It's going to be you at the end of it. Like, <laughs> we fuck only have, you. We only have two more uh, two more weeks till it, it's done, and Vegas has odds. They've had betting. They, you can bet on anything. And the odds, uh, who they think is going to overtake uh, the Iron Throne, they have one-to-one -one odds on Bran Stark. Three to one odds on Sansa and seven to two on John. Five to one on Daenerys. Um, Tyrion's up there with five to one odds too. The odds keep changing, but after most people thought it was going to be John, after how stupid he seems to be within the show, his odds went down. Um, he was a five to two odd winner uh, last week. I would say don't bet on this because. Uh, it's not a not a winning formula. I'm going off on a tangent again. Uh, let's... <laughs> who would you tell not to bet on this? Who's betting on this? Everyone. You... I, have, I have my own Deadpool that we're doing for Deadpool. who's going to die uh, by the end of the season. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense. One of my buddies, he picked the Night King for the whole thing, and, well, he's already <laughs> out. He still thinks so he can win points by everyone else dying, too. He just had Night King win, winning, and, and you get points for who, if you correctly guess who dies, so he's hoping... You There's get, a lot of deaths. I don't understand how it works. Whatever. A Deadpool? Yeah, I, guess, I mean, it's different, right? Every time? Yeah, I mean, you pick who you think is going to win and who you think is going to die in a season. Well, you, so you get so you have to be exactly correct, or can you be partly correct? How can you be partly alive or dead? Uh, no, 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 no. Your list. If you make a list of, you know. Yeah, so there's a list of who you pick. Uh, we had choices. Can you win like some and lose some? No, so. Or is it just one big win? Oh, yeah, it's one big win. So it's $5 a pot, and yeah, no. winner takes all with the most Only one person can win. Yeah. Got it. There can be only one. There can be only one. Oh, um, getting into some comic book reviews. One of the stories that uh, I read this week, hashtag danger, number one, from Ahoy Comics. Let me repeat that again because I missed Ahoy Comics. I've talked about them ad nauseum on this show because they are one of my new favorite publishers. Every book that they have, it just, it has so much to offer. Besides the, the comic that, the title of the comic that it is, in each issue there are one-off stories, there are um, like a prose type story of some sort, and Hashtag Danger, it sounded familiar and I couldn't remember until towards the end of this book when I was reading something from the editor, that... This was one of the short stories that they had at the end of some of the other books. So, this has already been seen within the pages of some Ahoy comics, and now it's coming to fruition as being a main comic that they're going to have in their lineup. Now, one of the things that I've enjoyed thoroughly of this is the amount of hashtags that are just within the book. It reminded me a lot of Fantastic Four. Just putting like fours on everything. They put hashtags on fucking almost everything. And one of the things is, in this story at least, because it's following this group of 
um, I wouldn't call them scientists or adventurers. Uh, one of them drops their hashtag homing beacon device, uh, all encompassing everything. And this Yeti that finds it, thinks it's a snowflake, licks it, and then up comes their computer with all their information because they also took the Yeti's kid. Also, hashtag island, or dan hashtag danger island, which is also shaped like a hashtag. <laughs> go They're... back, go back, I want to see it, I want to see it. Oh my god, that's so silly. Yeah, the, <laughs> uh, their table is also a giant hashtag. Okay. <laughs> I like that they call it hashtag, because that's what it is. Oh my god, it's... is that a villain? What? Is, hash... is that a no, villain? No, no, this is also, so besides being like Fantastic Four, yeah. they also take some liberties from Doctor Strange. Where they go into this uh, computer okay. to then kind of uh, put one of the the main characters on trial uh, because she dropped her uh, device, <laughs> and then they're going to decide who's the new thing. This was a fun read. You really didn't need to see any of the backup issues, but I felt a little lost at first. But by the end of this, I was like, "This is different, but in a good way." It was funny. It was comical. These. Uh, Three young adventurers really don't give a shit about each other. <laughs> the hashtag table is so silly because there's a big opening in the middle. Uh, that's where the trash goes, right? <laughs> your, your bad ideas crumble up, toss them in the middle of the table. So, yeah, so this was a, a book that, then again, like I said, in the back, there's so many other stories that uh, that they have within here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the style changes up, too. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and maybe, you know, as in with this one, um, which was... I can get to the right page. The title, uh, I think it was something in line. There's no, uh, well, this is awkward as I find, oh, what's the deal with waiting in line? What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> it, it was also the, uh, these uh, two guys kind of just discussing while waiting in line for this uh, rock concert. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was like a, where, Comic books as a medium are strange in that sometimes mundane things you wouldn't think would make entertainment. Yeah, sure, sure. Like, the, like, here's a conversation you're having while standing in line for a rock concert. You don't think that there's going to be an interesting conversation there, but, you know, good writers, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, Ahoy has just been doing great. Uh, I love him all the more. I like that uh, some of the books coming out, as we've talked about before, Second Coming... Uh, should be coming out in July. I'm looking forward to this uh, month having Planet of the Nerds. That looks like another fun one. I reviewed, uh, reviewed Bronze Age Boogie uh, the other week. Um, as well as some of their other uh, stories that they've already had in their first wave of comics. Another book that uh, we both read. Ex excellence? It was pretty excellent, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I definitely um, enjoyed it. Uh one of the things that really kind of uh, made me think, I thought that the the narration in the beginning was from the father's point of view. I thought that that's what that was, but it turns out it, the narration was from the... From Spencer. From, yeah, which, you know, I did you pick up on that? Did, did it change for you? Because I thought yeah, it was the yeah. father at first talking in the narration. It turns out it was the son. Who, that was awesome. Well, there's a lot of it. I love within the first... Now, I want to... Quick mention, this is a, a new team of writers coming from uh, Image, and I just love this motif that they have within 
the front credits, as well as this first page that I thought again was the credits, but then it's kind of explaining this world, but it, it's a little guide. It really, yeah, you have it's to a look guide. At it. You have to really look at the details to find out that it's it's a little map. Yeah, for, the, the the four walls for the future. The protection defense of the undeserving is not allowed. The creation of a magnificent mag. Mag Can I not? Mag no, magician's wand without permission <laughs> is not allowed. The casting of spells without an approved wand is not allowed. The use of magic You're by females busy. is not allowed. And there's also that talks about the the Aegis. Is that how you spell it? A E G I S. Well, I know that's how you spell it. How you say it? <laughs> that is how you spell it. Yes, sir. And, not correct. And you know, and there's four different levels uh, going up that way of the tower. This is a world of magic, but set in our modern day world. Hmm. It almost seems a bit of a Doctor Strange <laughs> slash Harry Potter where humans don't know there's magic around. It's a really good world building that at first, as you said... And also, like, world building... It starts with life. Sure, but yeah, It's pretty but... much the, the life of the main person, Spencer Dales... Mm-hmm. And him his rise, up, you get to see him, yeah, from birth, from the exact moment of uh, they cut the cord. Yep, that's and the you, first thing you see is they cut the cord. And you also get a sense of <laughs> there are lines, families of these magicians, these magic users, and some are stronger than others. You notice that that person doesn't have an umbrella there in that in that oh, uh, column, God, but, but they're, they're using magic to uh, like an umbrella, ma- magical umbrella. You can't see it, but there's like rain going around them. I did not even notice that the first time through. There's a lot of stuff in here. There's I mean, a lot of throwing, throwing the baby up in the air and everything. Well, he, he's, he's levitating the baby, right? You can see the magic around him. So one of the things that, uh, within this, it sets up this world of where the young boy doesn't seem to be able to be doing any magic. Yeah, he's... he's it, Well, his father is a big head of like this council, right? Or whatever. And so he's powerful and he's well-known. And so... and. In the past, there's been cuts of bloodlines or cuts of uh, magic bloodlines. It's happened before, so he's worried, and everybody's talking about it. So he's being he's being treated like a huge dis- disappointment, and it it enrages him, and it shows him him in the very beginning at the age of seven, right? And he looks like he's a little bit frustrated, but he's still standing in the exact same spot, trying his very hardest. And you know, he's he's doing as much as he can perfectly, right? It's just not the results that. He's supposed to be able to get being the son of this huge, um, uh, huge uh, elder. Elder, right? And so you can see the next the next column is him at a different age, and you can see the tears coming out of his uh, his eyes because of the frustration. And then another year later, and the their tears are just streaming down his face. And then finally, this buildup of frustration, and he blows up the fucking building, right? And it was it was, I just thought that it was like perfect a, form. You see, it, it was a great. Uh, freaking page where, as you just said, on the one side you can see him, and yes, those tears, and on this other side, uh, who seems to be like his rival, uh, uh-huh. but where he's at, you know, his power just kind of crackling there, and his rage, Spencer's rage, just going on in of, I need to to do this. Reminds me of Anakin a little bit. Okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be this something, and he's not being this something, you know, and he's he's getting angry and he's basically just becoming a bad person at first. But after he talks to his grandmother and stuff, I feel like he's getting good advice and being, you know, uh, guided 
in the right way. Well, I love that uh, the dialogue seemed, I don't know the correct natural. They seem like how people would just talk in the real world. Sometimes when you, I see certain leaders in comic books, you know, they they speak a certain way, right? I mean, Captain America, when he speaks in comic books, I feel like no real human would do it. But then again, for him, that's how Captain America would speak, so I would understand that. Same with Superman, how he would speak, you know, very politely and everything. But in the real world, I like real nitty-gritty dialogue back and forth, you know, cussing where it seems appropriate. Um, we all naturally swear, and that's how it just fucking goes, you know? Some people just talk like that. And his interaction with his his grandma was really sweet. She's just cutting his hair, and they're just talking about bloodlines and magic and everything. But one of the big things that I caught that I, I obviously it will come to fruition at some point later on was in the beginning it says women, females are not allowed to use magic. And yeah, she's, she's sitting there using magic. Yeah. She removes his, um, she's giving him a haircut. And at the end of it, she removes his, um, yeah, there, you see it? No, no, yeah. go back. You oh. can see she's using magic to remove his, uh, you know, the thing you put over your body to keep the Just hair. A, yeah. Yeah, a little blanket thingy, right? Plastic, whatever. But she, you can see she uses it. She's sitting there, um, standing there. You can see the the magic coming out of her feet. And maybe that's why she gets hurt yeah. in the end. And that's but also, I, I think too. that her death, maybe, he might try to save her. But if she dies, he's going to be so lost. It's going to change him. And he, he's going to be like, I don't know, he's going to probably have a bad attitude for a minute. I mean, besides the writing, and I loved the trial that he had to go on to get to the next level. And I want to talk about this trial, okay? This trial, um, it's meant for people to even fail, but just how you deal with it. It's really this is really the trial. Is he is he teleported to another dimension? I felt that he was teleported outside in the real world. Outside in the real okay, so he was just uh yeah, he was teleported just outside. He had uh X I think eight minutes to find his target. And it cause it seems like they are meant to interact with us as humans in this Persuade real world and they're supposed to meant, meant to help yeah. well they're also to protect and they can see the future that you notice yeah because they knew that they well they the knew that he was supposed to, to uh set these people up together otherwise this person's future would be good and why this, these these are the things that we don't have answers for but it's not because of bad writing it's for the mystery to, the mystery of, yeah this is relaying or revealing a story and what's great about this revealing of a story is i had no idea what he was going to go do but then it turns out he's being tasked to help inspire a person to be great. That's get over, charge. get over their fear. Get over their fear, and uh, yeah. And not only that, but then he had obstacles. He had his so, rival coming on by and trying to him. stop him. And he, I like that the narration in that was these elders saying like, "Minus the point because you the... you used the cloaking thing," or he revealed himself at one spot when he jumped over the car and everything. Mm -hmm. Like you're not supposed to. Revealed to the real world that usually people get about four minutes in or two minutes in before they do something like that. Yeah. He's like, "Well, did they get thrown in front of traffic? Thank you." <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, yeah, that's all natural. And then he gets other points for being creative, and that's the one thing I always love stories that explore magic is uh -huh. the creativity that you could do if with you magic. Had that kind of power, right? Yeah, and it also seems like when he finds out the cheat, which I don't want to reveal that part, but it it was so perfect in what he did to get the the ends that he wanted that he learned from his grandma and I didn't think he was going to but that he did it was so yeah the, the dialogue between the grandmother and Spencer uh sort of ends but you don't know 
that there was more to it. And so after he does the thing that he does, they go back to the last conversation he had with his grandmother, which is she told him the trick. Which I thought was pretty awesome. They do cut scenes, basically, you know, like. And I love at the end, the uh, you know, when he finally he's going to have a moment with his dad, but then that's cut short. Well, I mean, well, yeah, but like he has a moment with his dad, but his dad breaks the character that you thought he was. He goes, "That's some good shit, son." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's you you know that he's proud of him because he breaks that character, and you know it, right? He that formal father, you know, son thing, and they're hugging, you know. So really, they had this connection. It was short lived because all of a sudden here comes somebody to inform the father and Spencer, of course, that that the grandmother's in hospital. And you don't? Do you know why she's in the hospital? It didn't. It didn't say, and that's where I do feel it was something that she did to help him. I think there is probably some not good people on this council. You know, in most stories, you know, <clears throat> I want to also know what they're the shield of. What are there outside forces that are bad that are influencing our world, and they're kind of supposed to be there protecting us from the Voldemorts of this world. Yeah, what I like about this is they have something to do, a task. Like in Harry Potter, they're just running around learning magic. What do they do with it? And they're not supposed to interact with the humans. Mm -hmm. But here, they influence the humans for the better. So far. At least the good ones do. Yeah. And I I really love... But unfortunately, one thing at the end was given... The information that was given was you can't use the magic to save the grandmother... Because that would be a reveal somehow? No, it seemed like because there was a price. Like, a well, price. because the responsibility, and I don't know if it's because of the... It's forbidden. Archaic it's rules, forbidden. yeah. Yeah. And sometimes those archaic rules need to be broken. And, well, that, that that's plot. And that's where <laughs> that's I'm story. seeing that that's probably He's might what So the first thing he says was, Dad, let's do this together. And the dad's like, no. But you know what the son's going to do. Yeah. Spencer. I, <clears throat> I love that the end, though... Uh, Brandon Thomas, who is the creator of this book, he has a, a couple of pages where he explains his thought process in making this book, which was very uh, heartwarming to see where how he felt of, you know, his upbringing and what it would be like, you know, with with a father who was there, but it didn't seem to be there because he was too busy with work and what they do. And also that rage that built up inside of him as a kid. And it it. it Gave me a little more clarity of the the character Spencer, where they didn't reveal much because they don't want to reveal everything in the you know dialogue at the end of of the book. But it gave a little bit more understanding than just reading the book. Which, without even reading this, it gave me great understanding of this world they set up, but left me wanting more. Mm. Like it's, I get why it's called excellence because he's he needs to. Because of his lineage, he needs to be the best of the best. And that's the standard that his dad has pushed him for. That's what all these other people are saying he needs to be. But ultimately, it seems that's what he also internally needs to be is is just excelling at everything. He needs to be excellent. I I don't know. It was was a good find. And I'm (laughs) very happy that I read it. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of a lot of fun. The, the The narration in the beginning was really moving because the guy says, or you know, the narration says, like sometimes movies or sometimes shows or sorry, 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 sometimes storytelling doesn't really catch you. 
And sometimes you'll give up on a story before it's over, or before you you understand how it's going, right? But he says, no matter what, always, if it's a story about a father and son, like, together, like, a between the father and the son, whatever, if it's moving or whatever, he's always into it, you know? That's what I got from her. Oh, yeah. So, some more Avengers numbers, just because I... Wait, we gonna, can we talk about anything yet? I mean, I mean we can I start wanna, talking about some things. Let's talk about some things. We, we're just not going to talk about the beats of the movie. There are so many podcasts that have already covered. Yeah, I know. It's then this happened, then this happened, and whatever. But uh, after this weekend, uh, the third weekend that Avengers has uh, been in theaters, uh, they're about ready to cross the $700 million domestic box office line. Where does that put them? Uh, well... Right now, because uh, they're going to get another eighty to eighty-five million this weekend, which is going to ramp up that total, it ties them for the after sixteen days. It ties them with the Force Awakens as the fastest fastest to hit domestically at seven hundred million. Now, Black Panther closed out last year at seven hundred and five million domestically. This is still a juggernaut. Many people thought that. Uh, Detective Pikachu was going to unrain it, but it was still number one at the box office. Now, Detective Pikachu uh, came in at 50 to 55 million um, for its opening weekend, which actually surpassed what they believed it would have done. But Avengers Endgame, it's still, still rolling, still rocking. As it should. Now, I still have yet to see it in 3D. I want to see it in 3D. What are you doing later? <laughs> well, I'll go see it three. I do want to go see it in 3D, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, why Why not? Now, one of the things... Uh, in China now, it, it's not uh, uh, in first place anymore. What? Yeah, so it's still doing great in every other place, but it's there was... It's probably like some kind of loss in translation thing. <laughs> Like it doesn't it doesn't uh, translate well. Well, no, there was a, a movie that just came out, which I don't understand it because when I was uh, doing some research for some of these numbers and everything, it's a movie called Detective Conan. Detective Conan. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's an anime from oh okay. From over there, and that now is their number one this past weekend. Now, granted, oh, so it's not something we would know about. Right. Or I shouldn't say uh, I shouldn't say uh, in China. I should say in Japan then, because obviously anime. Well, I was saying China because China box office. Uh, when it comes to movies, they're only allowed to do like twenty five non Chinese movies in their theaters per year. Hmm. So, obviously, they're going to take the big ones, the Avatars, the Avengers, Marvel movies. But that's why some Marvel, or not Marvel, movie studios cater to China to get their films up there. Because that's a huge base of people to see. And if they don't have those movies in their theaters, you're not going to get that lucrative money over there. Um, Yeah, this Detective Conan, though, I don't know. Did you look anything up yet? Well, of who it, yeah, I tried to. It's it's based off of anime, an anime, so that's about all I know. So because I don't know, I just thought it was, did they mess up Conan the Barbarian with Detective Pikachu, <laughs> and and that's who it is. But 
Doesn't matter in the long run. I mean, look at it now. This... That kid's head is huge. <laughs> what from the? He looks like Stewie, basically, <laughs> like Stewie as a as a uh, near teenager, early teenager, like with hair and. <laughs> What's with? Oh, okay, I see. Does he get older? Is his brother? Yes, yeah, his brother. All right, now some other. Th I guess we'll just go down the Avengers uh, route. Look at you can see that Conan. Conan brings up. Detective Conan on a show. <laughs> Colin, Conan calls out Detective Conan. That's be fun. Watch that. All right. Mm. Moving along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had seen... I love toys. And I love movie props. And I saw the lineup of the new toys that Marvel's coming out with uh, based off of Endgame. And the toys look pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a couple toys in particular that we'll get to... Uh, going into Spider-Man, but there's a nano gauntlet, as they're calling it, and this is where we're not spoiling the movie, but we're kind of spoiling on some of the things that happen. Tony Stark's gauntlet that he makes. Yeah, it's a, it's a gauntlet inspired by the other gauntlet uh, that has the, the like a spot for stones to go. It's pretty cool looking, right? But I don't think it's as cool as the original, the original right. Infinity Gauntlet. The gold, the huge, you know, made for Thanos' hand. This one. This well, one I mean, the nanotech... I actually did like it, though, when a certain big-armed person in it kind of got bigger and molded around that person's hand because it's nanotechnology. So oh, yeah, it's sure. kind of mm -hmm. yeah, one-size-fits-all. One-size-fits-all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, just like the adult toy. I found another new Infinity Gauntlet that when it finally arrives, I'll I'll review it because it will be fucking sweet. Now the toys, uh, in particular, looking great. And one that I want to mention is the Spider-Man, the UK suit version of Spider-Man. Who the toy? The toys for Far From Home, right? It gives away maybe some clues to what's going to happen within the movie. Um, now, one of the things to know is the Spider-UK, we were introduced to through the Spider-Verse and everything that went along with that, where there's tons of different Spider-Men in different worlds. Mm -hmm. There was Loom World. There was uh, Morlin and his family that were trying to kill all the spiders in the universe. And it was a great freaking book. But... Uh, was it Billy Braddock was uh, pretty much the Captain Britain of that world, where it also seemed like there was a group of Captain Britons uh, pretty much that kind of have of like minds because they have kind of some time travel-ness that goes on with them and going through different dimensions. So with that being said, the trailers and things that have come out of the new Spider-Man, like Tom Holland flat out says spoilers, do not watch... Because it reveals some stuff that happened in Endgame, mm -hmm. yeah. such as the loss of a certain person. So obviously, if you've yeah, seen the trailer, right. you know. Yeah, big big deal. It opens with that, basically. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest thing is that we now have Mysterio saying Played by he's, Jake Gyllenhaal. he's from a different Earth. Right. Earth 833. Yeah, right. Which is the designation of where the Spider-UK Spider-Man comes from. And immediately, you don't want to accept Mysterio as a good guy, but he's from a different universe, you know? So, well, therefore, he could be a good guy, which is speculation for me enough, which is fun, because at first we were talking about Mysterio, you know, pretending to be a hero and setting up these 
Well, that's uh, what, yeah, he always he always tries to, but you know, Spider Man comes in and then ruins it, and then he just becomes a full on bad guy. Now, one of the big things is uh, when he first debuted in Amazing Spider Man number thirteen. You know, he lied about just being an alien in that. Mm-hmm. So, is he lying about being from a different multiverse if he heard any... Uh, I'm sure news got out that there are other multiverses after the things that happened and people sure. came back from the snap and started investigating. That's where I have my money on, is that he is kind of going to have the same origin, but slightly different. Instead of saying, I'm an alien, I'm from a different world. I think he's going to be following the creatures that were released through the opening of whatever for him to come to this this world. He's following them to stop them, and he's going to find you're going to find out that he probably has to destroy the world to destroy them, and then go back to his own whatever. And Spider Man's going to have to stop him. That kind of thing, you know. But see, I'm wondering though if he truly is from a different Earth, and if he already had that kind of wannabe hero bad guy, but now he's on a whole new Earth that doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. He gets that second chance. Mm-hmm. But yet, here come. Obviously, he probably fought with a Spider-Man in his own universe. If we'll say that's true, and now there's this other Spider-Man, so he's probably trying to be like, "All right, yeah. I got to play this cool now." You know, he doesn't know who I am, so maybe we can be buds, and I can be that hero that I want to be. Because one of the things too, if you look at his suit, his suit looks very uh, regal and like almost like it took a couple different of uh, like the cape and the chest plate of Thor. It looks kind of like some nanotech that right, he might have. This, yeah. So I feel like he is trying to be the all-encompassing hero. And when they need the age of heroes now, because obviously some people are retiring, some people are going off here, some people just aren't around, uh, you know, he's trying to do that. So uh, there's obviously going to be a schism at some point. He's not going to be a hero. Anyone that knows who Mysterio is, obviously the trailers are trying to make it look like He's the good guy. Come to find out. And these bad guys are fighting. And none of it's real. And even the suit itself. Uh, when his power fades. Or oh, he's it, just in his boxers? He's, he's in his boxers. He's, With Spi- Spidey, he's gonna, Spidey Man undies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have like a hobo gear looking thing going <laughs> yeah. on. And he's going to have a beard too. His shaven look is going to go away. He's going to be like, I'm a mess. <laughs> Sorry, He'll look everybody. like Thor. He'll look like, um, yeah. Um... I'm very looking forward to this uh, movie, and I'm sure more toy leaks, as in everything, are going to start revealing uh, some more of what's really going on. But one of the big things that also happened this week is Thor, not Thor, Chris uh, Hemsworth has said he wants to play Thor um, for a couple, a little bit longer, and he renegotiated his contracts this past week. Probably wants to be old man Thor or something. Now, a year ago... He had said he was done, much like with most of the cast. Their contracts were ending, and he just kind of said, it's been a grueling two years making these two Avengers movies back-to-back, and he's done with the character. Now, insiders are saying they think that might have been a red herring all along. Marvel obviously realized they kind of shit the bed when they started announcing a bunch of movies for some of these characters that went away with the snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of takes away the the mysticism and like are they really dead where did they go because you're like well we already heard that there's going to be a black panther 2 before he even got snapped yeah so you know he's coming back you knew there's gonna be another spider-man movie that's when they kind of stopped all engines on promoting any of the new movies which is what they should have done yes wondering if knowing that he wanted to back then 
but not wanting to give away is this character going to die or not, you wouldn't know. Yeah. When a contract yeah. ends, you're thinking probably going to die or it could just be off in the sunset. Because obviously not all of them um, died that had their contracts ending. So I'm wondering if he just said I'm kind of done playing that character was kind of one of those things of they started telling everyone, just tell them that you don't want to do it anymore in real life. But really he's like, I can't wait to tell everyone that I'm going to be going with Guardians of the Galaxy or having my own movie. I'm just happy that we're going to still see one, one of the original three still have their their end game. Like have his going off into the wind. We had Tony, we had Steve. I feel like Thor should have his own kind of thing. And maybe he'll follow through with the next uh, you know, phase and be kind of the one that we kind of needed there to kind of be that shining beacon. Oh though, yeah, sure. Right. Even though most people mm-hmm. have said that's going to be Captain Marvel, we shall see. I heard a lot of stuff about um, the actress who played Captain Marvel having some issues with the other cast members or something, and there being just problems. Well, so one of the things that I did not know up until a week ago was that she filmed all of her, Brie Larson's filmed all of her scenes for Endgame before they even shot Captain Marvel. So she wasn't in the character mind. She wasn't uh, that character. She was in Endgame. And her lines... And she had an already... Because you notice she wasn't created. physically around. She is on, like, a projector or just CGI'd. So her, as a physical person, wasn't really interacting with anyone. All of her lines were just redacted, redacted, redacted. So she hadn't mentally she had defined to say. What, what Captain yeah. Marvel was. Which before. is why her attitude and everything seems a bit off in this movie from kind of at the end of Captain Marvel where she is a bit more cheery and a bit more lively because then she actually got to portray that character yeah but you could excuse that you really could because that person you know that captain marvel character would be hardened she's been running around the universe the galaxy whatever dealing with the uh the same thing that they've been dealing with in in a game now one of the big things with uh how the infinity war and Endgame uh plays out is with agents of the shield which has been a great show that has had nods to the MCU universe. However, oh, I do want to go back to the Spider-Man thing in just a second. <laughs> uh, one of the things, though, within at least the uh, Agent of the Shield, they're not dealing with the snap. They're not doing anything now. the The show has taken place one year after the end of season five, which was a year ago. However, with this one year time skip. They're not doing anything with that because they didn't know what was going to happen in Endgame. They didn't know that there was a five-yard, five-year gap within Endgame. I guess that's, that's giving something away. But uh, stop, stop <laughs> it! If I don't get to talk about it, you don't get to talk about it. All right, but we're uh, gonna. You need to watch the movie so we can talk about it. Yes. Just everybody, just everybody I didn't really give a lot away. But anyways, with <laughs> well. with there being time jumps in freaking stories that you're trying to have continuity with, it's hard for writers to then not fuck up like they've done on Game of Thrones. So, Age of the Shield is kind of running off on its own course then. And where it takes place is one year after the snap. But it doesn't seem to be taking place with some of the things that have happened with snap. Because they don't have the superheroes come on the show. They're dealing with some of the lower level Marvel characters. 
it's interesting so far. Only one episode. Yeah, they don't back up. and forth with things like Agent Coulson when he was uh, killed mm-hmm. in Avengers 2012. Uh, to them, and they played it off as if he had died, but he didn't die. Well, yeah, right? they, they they revived him with probably the same way they revived uh, Sammy Jackson's character, um, uh, Nick Fury. He'd be, he's been he's been fucked up <laughs> in the movies. Um, it's a couple times, but. Uh, what they they did do something they did, if this is not a spoiler, but in Endgame they did pay tribute to the show. Because right, that's the only time that in the movie they ever referred to the show. In the movies, right? You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember which scene. No. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, there's a character. Didn't spoil it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's well, a character who actually is the only character that went, ever went from Shield to the movies, right? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. So, you know, not spoiled, but hey, it's pretty cool. When you see it, you'll know. Not spoiled because I'm kind of still confused myself, so there's no fucking way you know. The point is that they've never had somebody from the show be on the movies, and, you know. You'll have to tell me off the air so that I'm on the same page as (laughs) you. Oh, you know already. (laughs) Now, I said I want to go back to the Spider-Man thing. So, Mysterio's from Earth 833. 833. So you have that kind of little Easter egg nod in there. Now, one of the things is he also explained to Peter that they're on Earth-616. Now, any Marvel comic book uh, reader will know that is the main comic book universe. Incidentally, that's the area code for my phone number. I know. That's why I love it uh, (laughs) as that. Here's the thing, though, that within the multiverse of Marvel, there's, there's a Marvel book that you can pick up that has all the listings of the different multiverses and you can kind of know what they designate and they're just arbitrary they just will make a number 616 had nothing to do with anything it just sounded good to uh the creators of it so earth one nine 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 that is five nines with a one in front of it Mm -hmm. that is what they designated the mcu as so it's funny that you have mysterio now telling Peter that it's the 616 universe, which is the prime universe, where most comic book readers would say it is a different universe than the comics because we've had to accept that, knowing that there's certain things that have changed from the comics, such as Tony creating Ultron instead of Hank Pym, Mm. or the other small subtleties that some of the story arcs, they hit some of the same points within the comic books, but the main comic books that we grew up didn't translate exactly onto the MCU side, especially with how the stones work in that world compared to how they work within the comic books. So it's interesting if they just kind of forgot that or if that's another subtle, just Easter egg of that's what they call that universe, even though it's technically not what the universe is. I mean, I guess we could call this universe 6162, yeah, and well, it wouldn't we, really matter what we, we call it. We call a cow a cow, but it's it's just a creature that... You it's know, just a hamburger like and steak. We, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's still the same thing, and we name it, and it, it's not a cow because we named it a cow. It's just we needed to identify it as something. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't give anything away, but with the many Back to the Future references that happened within the movie... Uh, one of the writers that wrote Back, Back to, the to the Future, Future. Bob Gale, uh, had was he was happy that they had used Back to the Future a couple times within the movie yeah. to explain things, as well as he's happy that the characters within the MCU have loved that movie as much to reference it. 
And then he kind of jokes on about like, man, if there's a multiverse of people watching my movie, I wish I got the royalty checks for that. Yeah. But I like <laughs> that's that. A lot of money. And that's one of the things too. Talking to some friends, I wish more movies would do. I don't know if pop culture references need to have some royalty for just mentioning the name, but I don't think it has to. But really, if you have a time travel movie and you don't ever talk about you've ever seen a time travel movie within the universe that the movie's made, it feels to me fake. But all you have to do is just say one thing of... Short line of dialogue. It's like Terminator. You know. Then you're like, okay, this is a world that seems more real because they actually have fucking movies that would deal with time travel. Which is strange, right? Well, it's strange giving props to another movie, but... I feel it's more natural than, wait, what is time travel? Is there anything we could research that is of time travel, but not anything that easily comes to mind when people think time travel? Yeah. Back to the Future. That's one of them. They, uh, I don't want to say, but you know. Yeah. (laughs) They mentioned a couple other movies, which I loved, and um, their references to these movies make a lot of sense. Make a lot of sense. Except for the last one. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Now, one of the things that uh, most people have found out, there's not, everyone should say at the end of the credits, that's some one thing that we said the other week uh, at the end of Avengers, but as we had also said, the new Spider-Man trailer has Tom Holland flat out saying, don't watch this till you've seen Avengers Endgame. So obviously they're not going to have that trailer before. In the beginning, yeah, during the trailers. Yeah, because it gives away what happens. So now they have it post-credits, which is a strange place to put a trailer, but I but guess that's it where kind it of you can't go anywhere else. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense. In and how plus, it, I mean, I want I would want people to sit and listen to that that last little thingy at the end of Endgame because you know it's I don't know it's not important. It's just you should do it. You should stay, <laughs> and then for there to be a trailer there for you, it's kind of like a treat, like a reward <laughs> for staying. Now, one of the things you that you made it through three hours. How many of you peed? Raise your hand. <laughs> The Russo brothers have uh, also stated when they're seeing some of the the final cuts, and this was late in the game too, because they already had it filmed, and some of the FX people, that scene where we see the heroes coming, they had jokingly said, so this is giving away a small cameo that if you blinked you would have missed, but man, it'd be great if Howard the Duck was in there. VFX team, can you put Howard the Duck in there? And they did. Right, yeah. Howard oh the God. Duck is like Fucking the, shut up. I forgot. It's like this <laughs> the joke of Marvel Comics yeah. movies now being in at the end of one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, the original movies his comic book is hit or miss sometimes, but they keep on pulling them back. I want them to make and they also have the Netflix uh show coming out, cartoon show of him. He is a beloved character and I don't understand why sometimes. Because I do love him as a character, but when I really think about it, eh, I don't think about him at all, really. <laughs> like, he's not on the top of my mind of when you think of comic books. Spider-Man, X-Men, Batman, even Blue Beetle and Booster Gold come to mind. Well, they made not that terrible Duck. movie during the 80s with with the mom, Terribly the good. mom from Back to the Future. Terribly good. Yeah. Uh, uh. And Tom, Tim Robbins? That movie, man, I um, I liked it when I was a kid, and then I don't know, two years ago, I was so excited. I you know I got the movie and I went to go show it to well my girlfriend at the time, 
and she was like, "This movie's trash." <laughs> She's like, "This is shit." I was like, you know what? She's right. <laughs> it's a crappy movie. But it was strange to see Howard go from Duck World to regular world. Yeah, because it was Duck World. Yeah. And doesn't he have sex with a like, Yeah, girl? yeah, yeah. It's does. so strange. And she's attracted to a duck. That's weird. Well, whatever makes you quack, I whatever. guess. <laughs> I get your whatever quacks, floats your, your, your duck. <laughs> oh, and uh, Charles, you have a booze in the book this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's um today's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there, including no. my own. Happy Martha's Day. Happy Martha. 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 <laughs> all the Marthas <laughs> out there in the world. Why'd you say that name? <laughs> Um, so the book that I have for Booze in a Book is called Mother Panic, Gotham AD. It's a very interesting sort of concept that I ju- just have no idea what was going on at the beginning. You're following this girl, uh, Violet Page, and it's the aftermath of the Milk Wars. And it's so strange. It's ten years in the future. Apparently, they're living in a world without Batman. And there's a Joker there. She meets up with him, and apparently he's not... He's not like a. He's still doing bad things. He's just not doing bad things to her. He doesn't really care about her at all. He's doing bad things because he's stuck in the morning of, of Batman's disappearance or death. He doesn't believe that Batman's dead. Like I wouldn't believe it because it's a comic anyway. Because people don't <laughs> die in comics, they're gonna come back. But he's he's talking about like the body counts just to see if he'll show up. I even killed a Robin. I don't know if it was the Robin, but I just found a Robin and killed him. <laughs> like that kind of shit. And while they're talking, he like does one of those like balloon. Uh, dolls, things, balloon, balloon animals. animals. He turns it into like um like a what do you call it? The Tommy gun. <laughs> he makes a Tommy gun out of balloons. She just pops it and walks away. So she's in search for her her mother the whole time, and I just thought that was very interesting because at the end of it they reveal where the mother is, and I mean it's pretty straightforward. It doesn't really give you much. It just gives you a couple of details here and there. You know the mystery's still there. Why is she looking for her mom? You know why is her mom kidnapped by basically this bad group called The Collective. I don't know if she's kidnapped. She may be the head of the... Probably the head of the group now. Um, so the so the booze that we're going to match with this book is uh, a mimosa, but we're going to call it a mamosa. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a mimosa, champagne, orange juice, and we're just going to add some tequila. Mamosa. Or maybe a uh, little Xanax or something to... Oh, yeah, sure. You got a Xanax, toss it in there. It's an ultimate mimosa after <laughs> that. <laughs> Just sleep the rest of the night, day and night away. Uh, just to clear things up, Mother Panic is a DC-based, uh, obviously, because of Batman and stuff, but it's um, illustrated by Jody uh, Hauser. And, uh, no, that's the writer, sorry. The writer is Jody Hauser, and the illustrator is Tommy Lee Edwards. Good on you for uh, attributing the, the creators. Yeah. I forget to do that all the time. I mean, I, appreciate, I appreciated the, the book. And there's seven more uh, in this series so far. And I'm going to read them all because I think that is so interesting. Where's Batman? What happened? I don't even know about the Milk Wars. It just adds more things to Milk learn Wars about. Milk Wars were a little bit interesting, different. I'll tell you that. Good, That's good. All I'll tell you of that. I don't I'll like let spoilers. You, That's okay. <laughs> i let you borrow those if you want. They're, and I know uh, Batman's not dead. I just know it. I know it. He'll be back. Well, we know he's not dead. I mean, he's got his own five comic books out right now, and he's in five Justice Leagues. Well, There's I mean, like 20 in Batmans. this, in this I know, universe. I know, yeah. I know, I'm kidding. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> All right, well, with that, uh, yeah, Linz was uh, obviously missing. Um, we didn't even really start the show saying Linz, that. Linz, why but... aren't you saying anything? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's right there in the corner. Yeah. 
And uh, well, you won't hear from her for a couple weeks because next week we're on the road to Motor City Comic Con. Me and Charles will be there, and Lynn's will be showing up for a day too. She's moderating a panel that uh, we will have recorded and put up at uh, some point. But with tradition, after this big con, we get a lot of interviews, and we usually always take uh, Memorial Day weekend off. So, because I'll be editing and putting up some interviews from that. So, we'll still have a podcast then, but this is probably going to be one of our last uh, newsy ones, except for we'll probably get the gang together and bullshit at the Comic Con. So, with that, stay thirsty for whatever's to come down the pipeline. <laughs>